0: Welcome to the Nerd Party.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland.
0: And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla. We're back this week starting the second book of the Heart Trilogy, which is Ink Spell, or as Charles told us in the original German, Inkblood. And once again, I cannot emphasize how long these readings are. Like, oh my gosh, they are so long.
1: Yeah, I agree. They are too long for me. I definitely enjoy this reading more than the last book, though I have thoughts on that too. Well, I'm sure we'll get to that. But I think they're too long for me. I, I, I Yeah. But not to get the cart, put the cart in front of the horse, as we tell you every week, or if you are new here, Nerd Throwback Paperback is a book club podcast with the Nerd Party Network, and we read and reread YA, YA books. Well, I tried to combine young adult and YA in the same thing. YA books from our adolescents. Currently, actually, we're reading a series that neither of us has read before, which is the Ink Art Trilogy, but it came highly recommended to us, though if you've been following along, we haven't... <laughs> I don't think either of us would recommend it so far.
0: Yeah, so I guess I'm going to go ahead and summarize the reading because if we get too off topic, I'll start to show my true feelings too soon. So let's just dive right in. So we have Dustfinger who is sent back into the ink world, which is devolving into political turmoil. Fareed and Maggie go in together so Fareed can see Dustfinger and so Meggie can just see the ink world. And Mortula and Basta show up at Eleanor's house, and they take Reza, Risa, I'm going to call her Reza, just making that clear, and Mo into the world as well. So the crazy reader that we met at the beginning of the book, Orpheus, who read Dustfinger Back to the World, is in Eleanor's house with her and Darius. Mo is injured after Mortula shoots him and Reza's with him. At the end of the reading, they have been captured by the new Inkworld villain, the Adderhead. And Fareed is trying to attach to Dustfinger. Dustfinger is trying to protect his family and Meggy, And Meggie is trying to find her parents. And Fenolio is meddling with his own story from the inside, which is not going well at all. And that's as long as the summary normally is. And I've basically only mentioned where the characters are location-wise, but I think that's enough for now. I'll go a little bit more in depth as we go along to the episode. But for my impression... Of the reading, I will say that I literally finished the reading earlier today because it took me that long to get through it. It's just been, I don't know if boring is necessarily the right word, but I'm just really not invested in the story. So I don't know if it's necessarily overall boring, but I think I am personally not connected to it. So it makes it very hard to read on top of it just being a lot of content. What about you, Charles? How did you feel about it?
1: yeah I feel similarly I'm not that i don't i don't think I dislike the book per se. I just don't think I like it, which is i don't think that's a difference without a distinction but i I don't think it also particularly lends itself to a book club or a book club podcast because there's so much that's happened in this one reading, but like We couldn't break this down chapter by chapter, but it's too much content for the book to only be divided into two episodes. So, yeah, it's... I also, like, I think the speed of this book is really different than the last one, which I think is also jarring. I felt like the last book moved pretty slowly. And this one, not that much has happened, per se, but, like, there's chaos. So...
0: Oh, I still felt like it went pretty slowly.
1: Well, either way, I... Again, it's not that I dislike the book, it's just that I don't actively like it either. So I similarly had trouble getting through the reading. Anyway, let's move on. Maybe we'll like it more if we discuss it. (laughs) So we start with Fareed and Dustfinger, and they're trying to read themselves back into Inkheart, but it hasn't worked so far. They're now talking to a new guy called Orpheus, who gives that He gives us, the reader, some rules about the reading into books. He says the reader has to stay behind. That's the iron rule. And that if you use new words when you're writing into a text that aren't already in the book, that messes things up. Which is actually like an interesting rule. Because basically like you can't add vocabulary to the world. Which I think is actually kind of clever. And he seems to be right because I think it's even in chapter one. Morpheus successfully reads Dustfinger into the world. Like Farid is left behind, but it does work. For Dustfinger goes back into Inkheart.
0: Yes. So it's nice that we got a little bit of guidelines because like that was one of my biggest complaints from the first book is that I feel like this magical power that Maggie and Mo seem to have, there doesn't really seem to be any rules. There's nothing kind of there's no explanation as to where this power comes from and like how they're limited by it. But this does, though, lead us to a larger question of this power that they have of reading aloud, making stories come to life. It seems to be much more widespread than I feel like it was hinted at in the first book because it's been tried by multiple people now. I mean, it seems that Moe and Meggy are the best, maybe, but, or- but Orpheus is clearly a close second, and then there's obviously bad people out there like Darius, who make the characters come out with deformities. But also, we just got these rules from Orpheus that he lays down, but they're immediately going to get thrown out the window. At least the iron one that we just said is, like, the most important rule. So, another reason not to like the book.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, he thinks it's an iron rule, and he's about to have that disproven. But you're absolutely right. So... Turning over to our good guys, we have Maggie and family. They've been living with Eleanor, and Maggie has been really getting into a lot of Risa's notes about the Ink World. She really, she's really liking it and just sort of imagining what it would be like to be in this fantastical world.
0: Which was already a red flag. <laughs> when she's
1: don't worry, the we'll red get into flag.
0: It. As soon as I started reading this, I was like, I know I'm not going to like this book because now Maggie's whole character is going to be ruined for me. But before we get into that, an important note is that all of the shadow creatures that came from the shadow, the ones that like came from the ashes of him after they killed Capricorn, they actually burned up after a couple of days. They just disappeared, which I guess is another rule or limit to the power that they can't actually bring things or people back to life, which is both important and I guess foreshadowing. And I feel like that's why they slipped that in there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, I wrote that down as well. So I thank you for flagging that. And pretty quickly, Boston, Mortula, or Mortula, whatever we're calling her, show up. They're, because they're going after the family because they want to get revenge on them for killing Capricorn. And Fareed also goes to the family and basically leads them straight to where Maggie and Mo and Risa are.
0: And speaking of the family, I want to go back to Maggie because one, Maggie has been thinking about Fareed a lot. Like, I feel like she must have like gone through puberty and had her sexual awakening between the last book and this one because it's just like, I feel like it was hinted at in the first book, but now it's like she has a crush on him. Like, I just feel like that wasn't like the development of that. I don't know. I felt like I was caught off guard by it a little bit, like, how this, like, the switch-up, it was so immediate. But maybe that's just to show, like, how, you know, puberty changes you very quickly.
1: I mean, there was definitely a crush last book.
0: I guess, but, like, I feel like it was, like...
1: She's like, he is... I've never seen anyone with eyes like that. But I
0: guess for me, it was and more they of, thinking like, thinking about a, each other. She was just looking at him, like, this is just the first, like, boy she's ever seen. But, like, it went from that to, like... Now they're, like, kissing in this book, which, I don't know, again, maybe it's just... It's the development... I, I'm not condemning that. This, I mean, I Honestly, say, it's the best part say. of the book. But.
1: Okay. Well, let me let you finish what you were going to say about Maggie first. So. And then I will respond.
0: Then second, and more importantly, is that Maggie wants to read herself into Inkheart, multiple question marks, which at this point, this is when I was like, I guess everyone is officially an idiot in this story. Like, oh, what a disappointment.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let me address the two points. Number one. I think that there was clear material in the first book for the crush relationship between the two of them. However, I agree that it has been heavily accelerated, and a year more puberty would definitely account for that. So I, I, will, take, I will accept that. I want to also say that Maggie wanting to read herself into Inkart was so dumb. I also agreed that made her completely unlikable because she's so stupid now. How is she going to get out? You know, she doesn't think about this once, but just a casual reminder that she literally didn't have a mother for a whole decade of her life because she was trapped inside a book, specifically this book. So I I, I was baffled that she is so excited about going into the book intentionally
0: also something i think i forgot to write down that i even just thought about now is after her whole experience with capricorn and Boston, like why would she want to go to into story that has evil people like that like that's a forefront of the story like it literally makes no sense like we talked about she literally went through trauma and now she wants to like create more trauma for herself but like we said everyone in the book is is not smart everyone is not smart
1: Yeah. I do think Dustfinger is the least stupid, maybe, in this book. The same way, like, Eleanor was the least stupid in the last book. But he's also boring. Like, kind of the way I was saying earlier, yeah. that I don't dislike him. I just don't care. Like, I feel like... I
0: feel indifferent towards everyone. Right?
1: I feel like I'm supposed to like Dustfinger. Like, I feel like he's written as, like, or maybe anti-hero, protagonist vibes. But I don't care. Like... We get a couple chapters of him when he goes back, and he goes to reconnect with his former lover Roxanne, and they like have a sweet reunion, and she forgives him for being gone, and one of his daughters died of the plague, and the other one's all grown up, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, I really don't care about him at all. And if we got all these chapters romanticizing his life and like his reunion, I don't, I don't care. And that speaks, I think, also as a good. Proxy for how I feel about the whole book.
0: <laughs> just, we don't care. None of this is interesting. Like... I do... Dust I mean... Dustfinger's all right. It's not,
1: again, not like Divergent, where I was angry that it made no sense. It's just that, like, it, it's... It's indifferent. not interested.
0: It's different. Which, I mean, honestly, it's worse, because then you just feel nothing. Dustfinger's all right. Like, I like his relationship with Fareed, but... Back to Maggie, because I'm not done with her. I wrote a whole paragraph in my notes when she decided that she was going to read herself into Inkheart. Because I even, I tried to like reason with her and, you know, see her reasoning. Because I do understand her decision in that she can't tell Mo Because he obviously would never allow her to go into Inkheart. So if her heart is really set on it, like this is her best chance. Like she has to sneak away and it's good that she's going to go with Farid, you know, love of her life, I guess, and someone who's going to protect her. But to me, the whole idea of even wanting to do that really like shows her age. I mean, she is only 13 because she hasn't even fully thought through the consequences of her reading herself into the book. Like she hasn't even mentioned once before doing so how she plans to get back. I mean, like Charles even said, she literally lived for 10 years without a mother because her mom was trapped in there. Like she hasn't, at this point in the story, she hasn't even mentioned like what her idea is to like return back home. Like she just got her mom back and like, what a disappointment to Mo. And this is where I was like, is she just expecting Mo to like come into the story and save her when she doesn't even know if it's possible for her to read herself into the story? And what if only she's able to do that? But Mo isn't. And what if she does get trapped in the story for a decade like her mother? Like, it's just clear that she hasn't thought through any of these possible consequences. And to me, it's, like, disappointing. And I just wrote, because I was like, this is just such an impulsive decision. And if Maggie were my child in this moment, I would be extremely disappointed in her. And, like, that's how I expect Mo and Reza to react. Like, it's just that idea, like, when your parents are like, I'm not even angry with you, I'm disappointed in you. Like, such a disappointment. Terrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I totally agree. And then she does read herself. She reads them in. And she immediately regrets it. And, like, you mentioned this, but I think it bears repeating. Until she literally is in the ink world... The reader does not know what her plan to get out of the ink world is. She says she has one, but she doesn't say it. We don't get it as a reader until she's in the ink world. And her plan is even worse than anything I could have thought of. Like, (laughs) her plan is.
0: That's why she didn't say it. Because she's like, the only way I'm going to get people to keep reading my story is if I don't let them know what's going to Her plan is to find
1: Fenolio and have him write her an exit. Then she'll read herself out again. Okay, just a couple things that could go wrong. One, she doesn't know if Finale is alive in this world anymore. And she says he's the only one who could write her out because he's the only one who can write well enough to get her out. Okay, so that's already a big red flag. And number two, her parents might come in after her because they want to find her. And then if she gets herself read out, they'll literally be playing like book tag forever. Like.
0: yeah, Yeah, it's just idiotic.
1: And she do- and again, the fact that the reader doesn't get that plan until she's literally in Inkworld, you're like, it's even worse than I thought. <laughs> I was so she, mad.
0: She clearly had, like, before you were like, oh my god, has she thought this through? Then you're like, oh my god, she clearly has not thought this through to She thought end. it
1: through badly. She thought it through badly.
0: Yeah, but once she gets into the book... And she's, like, has that feeling of, like, immediate regret. Like, all she senses is, like, fear. I wrote in my notes that I said, Wow, Maggie, you made a decision you immediately regretted. Hate to say I told you so.
1: <laughs> I don't hate to say it. I, we did tell her so. That was stupid of her. And if we'd read ourselves into her book, you know, we would have told her so. So stupid. I thought that was dumb. And another thing, which not only that like, goes to what you were saying about disappointment, she hasn't factored in how it's going to break Mo. Like she writes him this note, but he's wretched as soon as she know, as soon as he realizes she's gone. And of course he is because he literally lost his wife to this and he might lose his daughter to it. And she's like, I'll be back soon. And he, like, it's not a field trip, Maggie. Like it's a different universe. Again, and if she's supposed to be mature and she's supposed to be, like, not, you know, his equal. Like, she's not his partner, obviously. But she's supposed to, like, they've been living together as, like, just a two-member family for, like, a decade. Like, they know each other pretty freaking well. And for her to be like, eh, it'll be fine. I'll be back by tea time. Like, (laughs) it's so stupid.
0: It's also, like, I think it's the disappointment thing because it's kind of like... I mean, one, it's a very selfish decision for her to make, like, for, like, to do that to her family, especially when they've literally just been reunited. But, like, it's just, like, one of those things when it's, like, how can, like, if I was Mel, like, I couldn't even look at her the same. That it's, like, you know that we just suffered through this for a decade with your mother and you decide to go do the same thing. Like, what a terrible thing to do. Yeah. And, like, I I guess, like, she's a kid, so she can, like, learn from this is the idea, but it's still just, like, I feel like it's, like, I thought you were better than this, I feel like is the reaction I would have. I thought that you were better than this, Maggie, because I thought that you were mature, and you're clearly not.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that goes to the disappointment. She's definitely been supposed to be better, so why is she being less?
0: But... Of course, once Maggie is in this world, she is so freakishly lucky that they just stumble upon Fenolio right away. And he has a very easy life in the ink world. And guess what? Farid is also able to find Dustfinger especially easily.
1: Yeah, it was pretty convenient. Like...
0: This is when I was like, this makes absolutely no sense. And I, I guess this is where I feel like the line between this is for kids and this is for adults. Because the kids were like, yeah, this makes sense. Whereas I'm like, didn't they say there were like two huge lands in this world? And they, they, they talk about they literally wandered through the forest for three days. And I'm like, I want an explanation as to how they didn't die. Like they just told us they didn't die. How did they do that? How did they survive? What did they eat? How did they know to eat berries that weren't poisonous? And then... How were they able to find their way to this very specific town that Fenolio's living in? Like, how did that happen?
1: All valid questions. So, you know, everything goes well for them in their world. (laughs) I will say, in the overworld and the reality, things go badly because Mortola and Basta show up. They promptly take themselves, Mo and Risa, into the ink world. Then Mortola shoots Mo in the chest and just leaves him. So, you know, this also was, like, kind of stupid writing perfectly because the whole thing of, like, Mortola wants to kill Maggie in front of Mo and then kill Mo because she wants to torture him the same way, like, he tortured her by killing Capricorn. But I'm like, but if you just shot him in the chest, he's probably going to die. So why would you bring him into this world anyway? It was stupid.
0: She gave up that plan because her whole thing was she wanted Orpheus to read them in because she believed that Capricorn wasn't really dead, like, in their world. Like, she thought just because he died there, he would still be in the book. But once they get there and see, like, his village and how it's, like, all torn up, because apparently in this book, like, time has passed, so it's, like, evolved into its own story. No, Capricorn is really dead. That's why she's, like, whole plan thrown out. Doesn't matter. I'm just gonna kill you right here, right now.
1: It was still stupid you know? because she could still go through with her well, emotional torture plan. But anyway, she suits Mo.
0: Well, honestly, to me, that was the most believable part of the story because if they were going to literally haul them around to go look for Maggie, I was like, that makes no sense. If you want your revenge, just an eye for an eye. Just kill him right now. I So guess. to me, that was one of the only parts of the story that actually made sense.
1: I take your point. I take your point. Well, she leaves him to die. They're gone. It definitely felt rushed and chaotic. So maybe if she was going for that, I felt that.
0: But at this point, though, I was like, I don't understand how Mo is going to survive, like, without modern medicine. Because they're literally, like, they put, like, herbs on you and are like, oh, you're going to live. Like, so, and especially if he was shot, like, in the chest, like, he likely was, has hit a vital organ. So, like, I don't know. But I also, at the same time, I really don't think that they're going to kill Mo. So, we'll see what happens. But I also really don't care what happens to him because I don't really feel connected to him. Because I still don't love Mo, even though I will say I feel for him now since Maggie sucks, too.
1: (laughs) Next book, Ink Death. Just saying. Also, I love how you sometimes we will say i don't think they're gonna kill off mo as if it was like a movie where there's a full creative team it's just one author like she might kill off mo though i will say it's definitely rubbed off on me like i'm sure that if one day you know after the apocalypse and someone is sorting through archival footage of this podcast to see what humanity was up to in the 21st century They'll be like, "Well, Charles also started doing that where they just refer to the author as a collective they
0: well, especially I feel like when I'm so, like criticizing that way it doesn't feel like I'm fully calling out an individual like I'm calling out this
1: the institution, the institution of
0: this collective we they no one's being um I mean singled out
1: It's fine. it's just funny, like I love when you do it sometimes because I'm like. Because I know it's definitely rubbed off on me. Like, I've absolutely done it myself, and that's normally the kind of thing where, like, you know me, I would probably be like, that's not precise. Anyway, tangent aside, I want to say that so far, as I was writing the outline for this episode, neither of us in our notes had a lot recording the events of the ink world. And about this time when Mocha gets shot and all the characters are in the Ink World, I was like, you know what? We probably should be paying attention. Personally, I could not be bothered. I didn't care what was going on in the Ink World. I was like, I don't want to follow this. I already have a bajillion characters to follow. But at this point, I was like, maybe I should, you know, say what's going on in the Ink World because it might be important. So, essentially, there are two kingdoms, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. One of them is ruled by the Laughing Prince, who is dying. He had quite a magnanimous son named Cosimo, who is already dead. Cosimo has a son, or had a son. Cosimo's son is alive. He is an insufferable baby prince called Giacomo, I think. Cosimo is married to Violante, who is the daughter of the other main king-ish character in the story of the other land, the Adderhead, who is now the villain now that Capricorn is dead. So basically, Violante and Cosimo married the two leadership families. Cosimo is dead, Laughing Prince is dying, and Adderhead is trying to take over. Finolio has now been in the world, and he's basically been ingratiating himself to all the people by writing songs and poems for money. And most importantly, he has created the Blue Jay, in these songs, sort of like a mythical Robin Hood like figure who uh, robs from the pit rich and gives to the poor and kind of is a bit of an anarchist. And from the moment that someone in the ink world says that Mo looks like the Blue Jay, I was like, I bet you bottom dollar, Finolio based the Blue Jay on Mo. Asia, when did you figure that out?
0: Yeah, I also would say I guessed that pretty early on. I think once. I think after he was shot, they, like, mentioned Nettle or whoever the lady is that was helping them. She, like, mentioned the scar or something. And then Fenolio, like, says something to Maggie. So, like, I definitely noticed, but didn't really care that much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, in a little bit, Meg Fenolio does, like, actually try to mention it to Maggie. So, again, she's just hanging out because they're just kind of vibing. Maggie, like, was supposed to get sent back, but, you know... She's not been sent back Can we back just yet? talk
0: about, though, how Maggie, you know, when she first gets there, she immediately regrets her decision. And she does feel like an overwhelming sense of homesickness. But then the longer she's there, she, like, literally falls in love with the world and, like, forgets her family. So not only is she an idiot, but she's just a terrible person. Like, who just forgets about their family? Like, so selfish.
1: Yeah. It's dark. So... But where I, was I? Oh, finolio. Finolio he kind of, like, indicates to Maggie. But because she's distracted, he's basically like, Maggie, I base characters on real-life people. Do you think you could guess who it was that I based the Blue Jay on? And she's like, um, oh, my God, let me talk about some blue fairies. And then at the end of the reading, Maggie figures it out. And she's like... He based the Blue Jay on Mo, so now that Mo's here in the world, everyone's going to come after him. You know, it was just, like, big reveal.
0: Also, when Maggie even gets upset about this, like, I was like, you don't even have a right to be upset about it. You've just for- completely forgotten about your father for the past several days, so no, I'm sorry. You don't even have a right to care, because you clearly didn't care a couple days ago, or even a couple minutes ago, because you're too busy... Live in La La Land in the ink world. Dark. So it just makes me so angry. But, so of course, since we figure this out that since Mo is the Blue Jay, and like we said, it's this Robin Hood figure that the Adderhead wants to get, this obviously becomes a problem for Mo. And because the Adderhead is trying to take control and he is hunting down the Blue Jay.
1: Yeah, it was very, like, songbirds and snakes, because the Adderhead is obviously based on a snake, and Blue Jay is a bird. Anyway, I, I got some Hunger Games flashbacks, but they were brief. So, <laughs> this, this is, is one way that... Finoli- you know,
0: that was an interesting story, and this isn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was one way that Finolia was ruining his story, is introducing a character... And accidentally, the character's inspiration shows up in the world. But more importantly, he doesn't like the direction of the world. He's like, it's not working for what I wanted. So he brings in this plan to bring Cosimo, the good prince, back to life to fix the world. Maggie is obviously against this because she's like, there are unintended, unintended consequences. Like, let's not meddle in the narrative. And Finale was like, I literally know everything, and you're a stupid little girl. And she's like, okay. And then she reads fake Cosmo back into existence.
0: Yeah, and when I read this, I was just like, the book is just going even further off the rails. But I still didn't care. <laughs> I still wasn't interested. I This was also getting towards the end, where I was like, are we at chapter 39 yet like where is where is chapter 39 this is never ending
1: (laughs) okay can i give you my rendition so a bunch of stuff happens in the next few chapters like probably chapters like 34 through 39 can i give you a rendition of how i experienced the last few chapters because i think it was quite amazing
0: yes please go ahead
1: okay Eleanor is yelling. Yelling is what children do. Don't yell. Orpheus gets tired after reading, and so does Maggie. That feels important. Take note of that, Charles. Ah, they made fake Cosimo, and he's at war with the Adderhead. Oh no, they've captured Mo and Risa. Fenolio is a moron (laughs) for thinking he can control fake Cosimo, who clearly thinks he's God's gift to the world, because basically, that's what he is. Also, Fenolio becoming a very unlikable, saying that he thinks people should bow to him. Obviously, they don't know he made up their world, so why is he being annoying? Fareed kisses Meggie. Oh, just kidding. They're separated. Wait, Risa is speaking on in the Ink World? Did she get that power back when she came into the Ink World? Basta attacks Finolio's house and takes the Risa letter, so in two days, Tula or whatever her name is, will know where Meggie is. The end. How was that?
0: What an amazing, dramatic monologue. Except you. I forgot to mention that when Basta goes to get, goes to Fenolio, he murders Cloud Dancer, another random person. And Fenolio, I thought Fenolio was going to like actually be violent, but he was disappointing. That was probably the only part that I was like, oh my God, is something going to happen? Disappointment. And then (laughs) the reading was over and I was like, thank God it's over.
1: Oh, goodness. So, some actual points. I do think that this fatigue and hunger after reading is probably important. After Maggie reads fake Cosmo in, she gets really hungry and tired. And Orpheus, when he reads in some fairies, and he's like, look, nothing went in. Like, he's, like, getting better and controlling the reading a little more. He's like, I'm so tired afterwards. That might be important, that, like, you have a limited supply of how much you can read. At a time. Also, I do think Risa got the power of speech back because no one can read in the Ink World, but she's having full-on conversations with these people.
0: she's they clearly stated that she got her voice back. She said, "Oh, I." She said, "Like oh my that. god," and then Mo, in his like drugged up on Shroom's state, is like, "Oh my god, I haven't heard that voice in so long." So yeah, she definitely is able to speak again. I clearly
1: read that and was like, I don't care. And so then in the end, when she's like being snide about Dustfinger actually being able to read, I was like, wait, she's talking. How could she talk? So clearly I just missed it.
0: No, yeah, that was, that part was pretty clear because I do like Reza, Risa, whatever. She's fine. But yeah, she did get, which to me that makes sense because the only reason she lost her voice is because when Darius read her out, to me, it's like... She, her voice got lost in translation, kind of. So now that she's returned to the Ink World, she's regained that ability. So if, so if Mo Maggie Orpheus or Mo or Maggie. reads her out, she should be fine.
1: Well, that would be nice for them, I guess. Also, I will say, Fenolio become, has become my least favorite character. He's so... Because he basically has not thought about his family. He thinks about his family a total of one time. This whole reading, he, like, sees a kid, and he's like, I had grandkids in the other world, but I made this world, so it's fine that I'm here. Like, what a a word that I would not, cannot use on our podcast. Like, he sounds so snide, and, like, when he's like, everyone in this world should be bowing to me. I'm like, shut up. Like, grow up. He's so annoying.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a bit much, but as far as, like, him not missing his family... I feel like that one doesn't bother me as much because he it's like his grandchildren versus like Maggie goes into her like literal her parents who she hasn't had two parents for her whole life. And she's just so easily willing to abandon that. Like to me, that bothers me much more. But overall, I mean, yes, sure. Fenolio I think, is becoming the most unlikable character because, yeah, how he talks about how like the people should bow down to him when they obviously don't know who he is. And he can't say who he is because they obviously wouldn't believe him. So Also, he's
1: not smart. Like, the whole idea of, like, he's like, I'm going to fix this world by doing this. I'm like, that's not the way society, reality works. Well,
0: I was going to say, too, I think his whole idea of he wants to fix the world really shows, like, how... I mean, when we go into the ink world, like, how it's talking about how this the story has like adapted on its own like time is passing and so it's like not sticking with the path of the book obviously that bothers Fenolio because he wrote the story he had what was intended and because that's not what's occurred in the actual like ink world it bothers him when to me what I'm getting from that is obviously like the idea is in all books kind of Yes, there's the written story on the page, but if you actually were to enter the book, things could be different. Like the the story kind of takes on a life of its own, and he shouldn't be trying to change it because like you said, like it's just it's going to have unintended consequences.
1: And it's not for us to enter that world. The same way it's not for the characters to enter ours. Like we're not supposed to be crossing over. And
0: yeah, we're not supposed and to, definitely see that to be part. changing things.
1: Also, like, part of it, and he, th- he does say this at one point, and Maggie kind of calls him out on it, and, like, he's like, it's such a bad because the villains keep winning. And she's like, well, you keep writing really good villains and really bad, le- like, nice character. It's like, she's like, you've made the Adderhead completely good at being evil. And Capricorn was so good at being evil. And meanwhile, Cosimo the Great literally just snuffs it when he's, like, 20. 20. Like... You know, it was so stupid. Like, and he's like, yeah, I do really like writing villains. And I'm like, so then stop. Like, ugh, stupid.
0: Yeah. So I guess we can go over our final thoughts then, since we're pretty much at the end of the reading.
1: I have no more. I've already ripped it.
0: (laughs) Well, then I'll just say mine, which for me... As quickly and a little surprising as Maggie and Farid's romance was in this book for me, it definitely is a highlight of the story, I think. I mean, again, I'm a romantic at heart, so I do like a little brewing romance. And I'm also really enjoying Dustfinger and Farid's relationship and how that's developing and how like, throughout this book, Farid or people keep thinking that Farid is Dustfinger's son. And like Dustfinger, even kind of accepting that he's like, gosh, like maybe he, like I'm acting like he really is my son, and I think that's really sweet because I do like Farid as a character. I think like <laughs> he hasn't done anything to anger me just yet, but
1: just yet, I would. He's s- plenty of time for Don't don't worry, you'll mess it up at some point.
0: So I am enjoying that relationship, that's sweet. But both of those relationships obviously aren't necessarily, like, a focal point of the story. So, like, we only get little bits and pieces of it. But, yeah, I... And then I'll also say uh, Risa, Reza, Teresa. She's also fine, I would say. But everybody else kind of sucks. And, yeah, we're just over halfway done with the book. And it is way too long. That's... I think my biggest takeaway is it's too much content with not enough interesting content.
1: Yeah, we have to find a way to read. I have to find a way to read faster because it's so taking me so long to get through these readings.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot. But hopefully, since we're going to be diving into the second bo- second half of the book, it should be more exciting. Because even in the last book, the first half was quite slow. And then it ramped up a little bit in the second half, which I know, like, we've talked about, I think a lot happened in this first half of the book. But at the same time...
1: It was a lot of prep work. Like, Yeah, like, we just kind of got all the characters happened. to like, one place. Like, I don't place. know, I just... Like, I don't know what's going to happen next.
0: Like, I still, like, I'm assuming that in the second half of the book, it's going to have something to do with this war that's going to be happening, basically, because with the new Cosimo... That Finolio created, he's just said that he wants to declare war on the Adderhead. So obviously that's a huge conflict. And obviously, we have Maggie Fareed and Dustfinger are going to try to save Mo and Reza from being captured by the Adderhead. So those are gonna be the two main conflicts. But I'm still just like, then once that happens, like, where is this book gonna go? Like, what are they gonna give up this? P- I mean, I'm assuming, like, we said the last book with ink death. That by the end of the series, they must be, like, giving up their power of being able to read. Because I feel like right now what we're leading up to, I feel like the overall moral of the story is going to be, like, don't invade stories that aren't your own because you're just going to mess things up.
1: That's what I think, But. (laughs) Well, let's find out.
0: If we needed, you know, like, 2,000 pages to get to that moral of the story, like, that's too much.
1: It's just a really, really long tome on cultural appropriation.
0: So, with that, I say we are done for today. And if you are going to read along with us, we will be finishing the book for next week. So, go ahead and read to the end of Ink Spell if you'd like to do that. I highly recommend not doing that (laughs) and just waiting for our episode because it's definitely not worth it. We will do the hard work for you, but that's obviously your personal decision.
1: I was about to say, we've really given people zero reason to read till the end of the book. (laughs) If you have predictions, theories, questions you did read, go ahead and remember you can stay in touch with us about that on the Nerd Party website. You just head over to nerdparty.com slash contact, select throwback paperback. We have the super cute icon. That'll send us an email. You can also get in touch with the network on social media via Twitter at joinnerdparty, Facebook.com slash nerdparty, or Instagram at the nerdparty. I'm not even gonna pretend to use my Twitter. But you can find me on Instagram at seashells, C-S-C-H-E-L-S, seashells.
0: And I'm at Asia Bonia on Twitter and TikTok and at Pony on Instagram. Please send me a DM if you think that this is going to be the worst series we've covered on the podcast because that is where my <laughs> mind is going right now. But please let me know if you agree. But... If you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week.
1: Yes, hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We will see you next week.